Consider the cycle of sex throughout our lives. In your 20s, it's all about sex, all the time. And then there's the baby-making years where sex has a purpose. And before you know it, the bedroom is a place where all you want to do is get a decent night's sleep. The years go by and suddenly it occurs to you that you can't remember the last time you had sex. And if you try to get things going, your brain and your body don't necessarily cooperate. And then things get even more complicated during perimenopause and menopause. In addition to dealing with plummeting hormones, insomnia, hot flashes, medications, stress, you may also be dealing with a rotten relationship or no relationship. Of all the conditions that get in the way of sexual health, a lack of libido is the most common and also the most complex. So what about taking a medication to give a lift to a lagging libido? I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. When it comes to menopause, midlife, and what comes after, I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. If women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information. From an evolutionary point of view, the desire to have sex is driven by the need to reproduce. Period. Once menopause hits, reproduction is no longer an option. So biologically, it makes sense that the desire and ability to have sex fade away. But whoever came up with that plan didn't take into consideration that women live almost half their lives post-menopause and that sex feels good and enhances relationships. Not to mention, in humans, a woman's role is not limited to reproduction. The medical term for lack of lust is hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD, which is defined as an absence of sexual thoughts, fantasies, or desire for sexual activity that causes distress or interpersonal difficulties. The causes distress part is important. If I ask a patient, how's your libido? And she says, non-existent, that's not necessarily hypoactive sexual desire disorder. That's low libido. But if she then tells me that she's really unhappy about the fact that she has zero interest in sex and wants to do something about it, that means that she has met the criteria to be diagnosed with hypoactive sexual desire disorder. Another part of the definition is also key, interpersonal difficulties. Some women come to my office and say they have no interest in sex, they're not particularly motivated to give things a boost, but their lack of interest is getting in the way of their relationship with their spouse or partner. The realization that a lack of libido is sabotaging their relationship is what causes distress and ultimately is also what gives them the motivation to do whatever it takes to get it back. Today, I'm not going to get into the details about all of the things that contribute to libido and all of the things you can do to get it back on track. This episode is going to specifically focus on the two drugs that are FDA approved to boost libido in women who meet the definition for hypoactive sexual desire disorder, an absence of sexual thoughts, fantasies, or desire for sexual activity that causes distress or interpersonal difficulties. The two drugs that are FDA approved for this purpose are phlebanserin and bremelanotide. Now, hormones such as testosterone are also prescribed for this purpose, but since testosterone is not FDA approved for women, I'm not going to conclude it today. Check out episode 21, Say Yes to Testosterone, for more information on that. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from my upcoming book on 
post-menopause libido and orgasm. The name of my book is Putting the O Back in Mojo, A Guide to Post-Menopause Libido and Orgasm, Everybody Come. It's coming out this spring and is now available for pre-order on Amazon.com. So here I go with a sneak preview of Putting the O Back in Mojo. The biological cocktail for an intact libido includes not only hormones, but also neurotransmitters such as dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin that determine how often people think about and desire sex. It's the balance of those neurotransmitters that creates the feeling of, I want sex, I need sex, and I'm thinking about sex, but also keep desire under control so you can stop having sex long enough to go to work and maybe do the laundry. Since the right balance of neurotransmitters is a huge component of an intact libido, it's no surprise that the two non-hormonal drugs that are FDA approved to enhance libido, phlebanserin and bremelanotide, impact neurotransmitters. But before I get into the specifics of phlebanserin and bremelanotide, I want to point out that not everyone is on board with prescribing drugs to boost a lack of lust. This is a really controversial area in the sexual medicine world. Some even argue that hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD, is not even a real thing that needs to be treated. When phlebanserin, the first drug to treat HSDD, was released, there was a passionate New York Times op-ed written by Dr. Emily Nagoski, the author of Come As You Are. She basically said that hypoactive sexual desire disorder should never be treated with a pill. She stated, quote, what these women need is not medical treatment, but a thoughtful exploration of what creates desire between them and their partners. This is likely to include confidence in their bodies, feeling accepted, and not least, explicitly erotic stimulation. Feeling judged or broken for their sexuality is exactly what they don't need and what will make their desire for sex genuinely shut down, end quote. I generally agree with Emily Nagoski's approach, and like many, if not most, sexual medicine experts, my feeling is that even if a loss of libido is not explained by painful sex, history of trauma, medical condition, medication, or a partner issue, it's still complicated, it's still multifactorial, and talk therapy with a trained, certified sex therapist is beneficial. But having said that, there is a great deal of credible scientific research which supports the biologic component of hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And in some cases, there may be benefit from a little pharmacologic help, in addition to talk therapy, to give those critical neurotransmitters a push in the right direction. An intact libido depends not only on sociocultural, psychological, and interpersonal influences, but on intact biology as well. Which brings me to phlebanserin and bremelanotide, the two drugs that are FDA approved to boost libido. Both of these drugs enhance dopamine, the neurotransmitter that increases libido, and suppresses serotonin, the neurotransmitter that kills libido. Essentially, phlebanserin and bremelanotide were developed to turn the libido off switch to on. When bremelanotide, the trade name is Vilesi, was FDA approved in 2019, 
I met with my staff at the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine in order to present the scientific data on this new drug. You know, the details of how it worked, how well it worked, side effects, and how to prescribe it in anticipation of offering it to our patients. The overwhelming response of my staff, comprised of female physicians, advanced practice nurses, physician assistants, and sex therapists was, wow, I want some. These are not women with hypoactive sexual desire disorder, and none of them were distressed by a lack of sexual desire. These were women who, for the most part, were in long-term, good relationships and enjoyed sex, but just wanted to feel the rush of incredible excitement and that I have to have you right now feeling experienced in the early days of a relationship. We all laughed and promised to write each other prescriptions, you know, one of the perks of working in a sexual medicine clinic. And then we got into the bigger discussion. Was it okay to prescribe a libido drug for women who were simply experiencing the monotony of monogamy that typically occurs in many, if not most long-term relationships? Women who, strictly speaking, did not meet the criteria for hypoactive sexual desire disorder. We would have to decide if wanting to try it would be a legitimate reason to prescribe it for someone other than ourselves. In other words, should we, after informed consent that this is an off-label use and disclosure of possible side effects, which I'll get into, deny the opportunity to our female patients who did not meet the criteria for hypoactive sexual desire disorder, but were just looking to make things a little more exciting and restore that new relationship passion? just give a little boost to a libido that had taken a backseat to everything else. We were hard-pressed to come up with a reason why we shouldn't, particularly since almost every woman in the room wanted to try it themselves. And think about it. Sildenafil, Viagra, is FDA-approved and intended for men who have erectile dysfunction. It is not intended to be used by men who don't have erectile dysfunction. Yet, a guy who desires an enhancer or maybe just insurance that he will rise to the occasion, will often pop it like Pez, and he has no trouble getting a prescription. Should a woman also have the opportunity to enhance her sexual experience, even if she doesn't meet the criteria of HSDD? Is denial of these drugs just one more example of the disparity between the importance of female sexual pleasure versus male sexual pleasure? It was an interesting discussion, and at the end, we pretty much concluded that women should get to make that decision for themselves. And yes, once fully informed, should be given a prescription if she wanted one. It turned out that we didn't need to worry about it so much. While a lot of women were interested in hearing about bremelanotide and other libido drugs, very few actually walked out the door with a prescription and even fewer filled those prescriptions. In many cases, it was an insurance issue, But frankly, a lot of women were not that enthusiastic about using a drug to boost desire, which kind of surprised me in light of the number of women who don't think twice about having a cocktail or two to get in the mood. Anyway, here's what you need to know about phlebanserin and bremelanotide so you can make your own decision. And I have no financial relationships with either of these products. So first, phlebanserin. The trade name for phlebanserin is ADDY, A-D-D-Y-I. Phlebanserin is not a hormone. It's a neurotransmitter modulator that decreases serotonin and increases dopamine. As a reminder, 
Dopamine increases libido and serotonin puts the brakes on. It works in the brain by enhancing excitatory elements and lessening the inhibitory response to sexual cues. Flomansurin is an oral pill that's taken every night at bedtime. It doesn't become effective right away. We're talking a minimum, minimum of four weeks before you're aware of a difference. And some people don't notice anything until eight weeks. Overall, roughly 53% of women experience a significant increase in desire. Now, if a 50% response sounds low, keep in mind that neurotransmitters are only one piece of the puzzle. Libido is dependent on sociocultural, psychological, hormonal, medical, and probably most important, interpersonal influences. Also, there are high responders, low responders, and no responders. So if at eight weeks, you're one of the low responders and non-responders, it's unlikely to kick in and there's really no reason to continue. But overall, if someone's in the responder group, they generally report a doubling in monthly satisfying sexual events. Now, a doubling of libido may only be one event per week, but if prior to treatment, there were zero events, that's meaningful. The most common side effects of phlebanserin are nasal congestion, muscle pain, dizziness, cardiovascular problems, nausea, visual changes, a drop in blood pressure, and erection that lasts more than four hours. Oh, wait, that would be Viagra. No serious side effects have been reported with phlebanserin. The most common side effects include nausea, fatigue, or sleepiness, which is why it's taken at bedtime. And most peri- and postmenopausal women would happily embrace something that helps them sleep. The other good news that's not advertised by the company and is not commonly known is that long-term use of phlebanserin can facilitate weight loss. In clinical trials, a weight loss of more than 5% from baseline was reported in 21% of patients that were taking phlebanserin. A weight loss of more than 10% was reported in 3.8% of patients. So think about it. Here's a drug that boosts libido helps you sleep, and can result in significant weight loss. And why isn't this magic pill flying off the shelves? It's not flying off the shelves because phlebanserin is not FDA approved for post-menopause women. That's right. While published clinical trials have shown that phlebanserin is safe and effective in post-menopause women, those trials were not submitted to the FDA, and approval only included younger women. So while it can legitimately be prescribed for postmenopause women, good luck getting your insurance to cover it. Anecdotally, I can also tell you that when I would talk about this drug with patients, most were reluctant to take a pill every day to want to have sex once or twice a week. So it seems like an on-demand drug to be used in anticipation of sexual activity would be a lot more popular. Which brings me to the second FDA medication approved to boost libido, bremelanotide. Bremelanotide, also known as Vilesi, stimulates melanocortin receptors in the brain. Melanocortin receptors control appetite and libido. When libido is high, appetite is generally low. So bremelanotide, like phlebanserin, modulates the release of serotonin and dopamine and works on brain function by enhancing excitatory elements and lessening 
the inhibitory response to sexual cues to increase libido and solicitation of a partner. So far, sounds very similar to flibanserin, but here's where it's different. Flibanserin needs to be taken on a regular basis to be effective. Premelanotide, like Viagra, is an on-demand drug. You use it about 45 minutes before sexual activity to get you in the mood. And bremelanotide is not a pill. It's delivered using an auto-injector. So auto-injector, if you've ever used an EpiPen, you're familiar with the concept. A teeny needle, which you can barely feel, pops out and injects a small amount of liquid in the thigh or abdomen. How well does it work? Actually, about the same as flibanserin. Overall, up to roughly 58% of women experience an increase in desire. As far as side effects, 20 to 40% of women have nausea, 17% experience flushing, 14% get a headache, 7% have some injection site reactions like redness or swelling, and 1% get some hyperpigmentation on their face, gums, or breasts. And a couple of caveats. Remelanotide should not be used more than once in 24 hours or more than twice a week. And rarely, rarely it may cause a transient increase in blood pressure. So if you have hypertension, it's really not an option. Like flibanserin, decreased caloric intake and weight loss is associated with bremelanotide use, which makes sense since bremelanotide is a form of melanocortin and melanocortin not only regulates libido, but also regulates appetite. So here's another drug that enhances libido, may help you lose weight, and unlike flibanserin, you only need to use it when you want it. Are there a lot of takers? Not really. Like flibanserin, bremelanotide is not FDA approved postmenopause. And while it can be used by women over any age, if you're over 50, your insurance generally won't cover it. Even though I routinely told patients about it, I can count on one hand the number of people that wanted a prescription. While you would think that the necessity to plunge a needle into your thigh is what turned people off, that wasn't it. Even having to pay out of pocket wasn't always a problem. There were people that were willing to shell out a little money for an on-demand drug. It was the nausea. Telling people that the nausea was usually mild and only required anti-nausea medication around 10% of the time and that only 2% of people actually vomited didn't make it any more appealing. Maybe something about even potentially being nauseated and vomiting on your partner was off-putting. And again, it's not like it's a sure thing. It's ineffective in almost half the women who use it. And speaking of ineffective, if you have zero libido when it comes to your spouse or regular partner, but regularly fantasize about other people, no drug is going to help. I know that seems obvious, but it's not. (laughs) I had this one memorable patient that came to our clinic specifically to get a prescription. When I was taking her history, she made a huge point of saying, I don't want to have sex with my husband. After the fifth time that she said, I don't want to have sex with my husband, that sixth sense in me said, well, how about with your boyfriend? She laughed and said, oh, I always want to have sex with my boyfriend, just not with my husband. I told her the prescription wouldn't make her want to have sex with her husband, and I wasn't going to write her a prescription, and she was not happy. So then she turns around and makes an appointment a few weeks later with Pat, the clinic nurse practitioner. 
When she met with Pat, she skipped the whole boyfriend part of the story and just said, look, I have no libido. I love my husband and I want to try that new drug to see if it will help. So she got her prescription. And yeah, of course, Pat knew the real story. Obviously, she read my notes and we talked about it. But sometimes the greater good is just to give someone what they want. In any case, she never came back. But I doubt if it helped. If you hate your partner or you avoid sex because it hurts like hell, a bucket full of phlebanserin and bremelanotide is not going to make a difference. Critics of these drugs who thought they did not work well enough to be FDA approved point out that they're only a handful of increased sexually satisfying events. On the flip side, many of these same critics express concern that these drugs could make you hypersexual or maybe be used as a date rape drug. It's interesting how on one hand, people are concerned it's not going to work well enough, and on the other hand, worry that it's going to turn women into nymphomaniacs. But the idea was never to make women think about sex constantly and want sex every day, but to restore a normal libido. And date rape? Phlebanserin is a daily drug that does not start to work for a couple of weeks. Someone would have to slip it in your drink every day for four weeks. Even if your partner did sneak a dose into your morning coffee for a few months, it wouldn't make you hypersexual or cause you to rip your clothes off during a business meeting and seduce your boss any more than an antidepressant will make you euphoric. The other thing that's interesting about these two drugs is they can theoretically also be used in men because in men, libido is likewise controlled by neurotransmitters such as serotonin and dopamine. Now, just to be clear, neither one of these drugs is FDA approved for use in men, but it is used off-label. I can't tell you how well it works or doesn't work because there's really no good clinical trials that look at men. Anecdotally, some people say it makes a difference. And there are a lot of these websites and doctors that in addition to offering testosterone to men are also offering bremelanotide. But having said that, the data is really not there to support it. So while phlebanserin and bremelanotide are part of the libido toolbox in postmenopause women, there aren't a lot of takers. If you're wondering why I'm even telling you about these drugs that are not FDA approved to be used postmenopause, not covered by insurance, and only make a difference in about 50% of women, it's because some women are interested, some are able to get around the insurance requirements, and a lot of women ask me about them. But that's not to say that there are not other, better solutions for perking up your libido. There's so much more I have to say on this topic. So in upcoming months, there will be more episodes that are excerpts from Putting the O Back in Your Mojo, now available for pre-order. And if you are wondering, no, we did not end up writing prescriptions for ourselves in the clinic, and I have nothing to personally report. Thanks for joining me. You'll find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. Go to drstriker.com to sign up for my free newsletter and follow Francie as she navigates her way through midlife, menopause, and beyond.